So welcome everyone to Those Who Pod, a podcast brought to you by MGO Dow. My name is Reese, the founder of MGO Dow. And fellas, you guys want to introduce yourself? Uh, we'll start with WD. Hi, I'm WD, Wolverine DOT. Uh, I have a YouTube channel with about 10,000 subscribers, uh, lifelong Michigan fan, current Michigan student, uh, just amazing blue till I die. Um, we've been doing this together the three of us we did it started a twitter space back in august and uh thought it'd be good to transition it over to a podcast so let's let it roll love it all right pillium what's up everyone this is chillian pillium on the mic uh podcast to live uh you know in, in in lieu of twitter spaces little brief introduction i'm the most arrogant michigan alum on twitter uh, a blue wall member I've been sitting and learning valuable lessons, you know, since my time of, you know, November 2020 when I started my account on Twitter. And I'm, a, I'm considered a top 10 consensus, worst Michigan outsider. So, you know, top 10 worst I've heard verbatim from an account. I will not mention that I'm the worst Michigan account, if, if the actual worst. So that's who I am. Chillian Pilliam, at Chillian Pilliam. Follow at Chillian Pilliam. And at Doug, not, and not Doug 307. Follow him as well. He's really great. He's an Iowa fan. So just, you know, be warned. All right. And uh, we, of course, started this podcast uh, to save Michigan basketball. So I guess we'll start oh, God. with a big win on Sunday against Minnesota. Um, so, yeah, uh, fun game to watch. Um, four point victory. How do we feel about this one? Start with WD. If I had no dog in the fight, I would have turned that game off. Uh, that that was uh, that it was a game and it was a win. So I mean that that's a positive when you're looking for wins. But uh, uh, it started off pretty bad. I was getting a little uh, angry, <laughs> to be honest with you, at the start. I mean Minnesota's like as bad as it gets in the Big Ten. Um, but you know, I guess you know win any way you can. Um, just win the game. Uh, but, uh, you know, big opportunity coming up uh, on Thursday night. So, and I know the Maze Rage will be ready because uh, I was at the meeting last night. Uh, there's a lot planned for this game. Uh, the crowd's going to be great. It's going to be a great time. Hopefully the team can pull off a big win. All right, Pilliam, any thoughts? Yeah, so um, it's a criminal waste of my time, you know, that I had to watch this game. Uh, a win's a win, so it can't be, you know, I can't be too upset, but like, if there ever was a win I was upset about, I would say it's this one. <laughs> like, this game was just horrific to watch. I mean, I can't, I, if there are any fans that were hate watching for other teams, they were watching, I mean, I feel sorry for them. They, they wasted, you know, a couple hours of their lives. I mean, really just a terrible game all the way around losing Jet. The offense at points looked like they were just chucking up shots. There was no real flow or ebb to the game at all. Some of the rotations, I'm just like, you know, what are we doing? I'm, I'm starting to question Juwan. Obviously, I think, you know, a lot of us are this year. I, I'm trying to keep in mind this is a very young team. So, you know, there are a lot of guys like, you know, Doug and Terrace especially, who, you know, I see a lot of promise in his young guys and stuff. But I, I can't help but feel as if they're not being put into the best places. I, I don't love 
how we're subbing certain guys in and out. I don't love how our defense looks. It looks very low effort in a way. Uh, it seems like there's kind of a lack of accountability for, you know, if you chuck up a horrible shot, you know, there's, I believe it was Joey Baker who just ran down the court. It was like 23 seconds off the clock, just shot it immediately. And I was like, what are we doing? Like the, the offense just doesn't make any sense to me. There's no, you know, I, I get, you know, running gun style. if That's what we're trying to do. But I, you know, and with Doug, I could actually see that working. So, you know, to the craft, they're trying to pull that off and ignore everything I'm saying. But, it, you know, it feels like, you know, he'll do something like that, shoot it. And then there will be no, like, like Baker will still continue to play. And, you know, and in lieu of, you know, Jets injury, it kind of feels like in my very humble perspective that the season's a little shot. Because Jet, you know, is the second best player on our team. Let's not make two ways about it on offense, you know. And defense, he doesn't really provide a whole lot. But I know on the offense side of the ball, he's incredibly important. So, you know, in the lieu of that, I mean, I'd really love to see more of that Reed Dickinson lineup. I, you know, I'm the, I'm the champion pioneer of that lineup, but even like Shedder as well. I think Shedder has been, has provided really nice minutes uh, last couple games. You know, I, he didn't play best, he plays best game versus Maryland, which we'll get into a little bit later, but I, you know, really want to see some more rotations, even guys like Baker, who I just kind of criticize a little bit, but I, I really think that, you know, he's a really good veteran leader. And, I you know, he's a guy that's been around in college basketball for a while that, you know, having him on the court can settle guys down and, you know, kind of help guys out. And with such a young team, that may be incredibly beneficial. So, I mean, we obviously aren't as of Tuesday, the 24th, we're not uh, really, you know, cued in on what's going on. But I, I kind of feel like this point of the season, I don't know, despite how bad this Big Ten is, I don't know what the, how the schedule is looking ahead if, we should be playing our best lineup and should not be focusing on development. Cause if it was up to me at this point, and if I was coach Howard, I would be trying to develop mental, uh, develop guys. So kind of what do you guys think of that? Yeah, I, I think that's definitely uh, an, uh, a good idea. Um, Cause I mean, if you look at where we are in the net rankings right now, I mean, it's it's pretty underwater. Um, I feel like at this point, the only realistic way I can make an NCAA tournament is winning the Big Ten tournament. Um, it's just you got a, you got a quad four cancerous loss to Central Michigan and almost picked up another one against Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and zero and six against quad one teams. Uh, Pitt was a quad one win, but they dropped out of quad one, so that's <sighs> we have zero once again. Uh, big opportunity yes. coming up on Thursday. I could see I could see a win happening Thursday. I really could. Uh, Jawan seems to have Matt Painter's number, um, but uh, you know Jets not playing. Uh, <laughs> I think that our chances severely drop in that one. Yeah, you know so I mean, I, I'm kind of with you, WD. I, I think we are going to beat Purdue. Like on the weirdest, like like kind of. Here's kind of why I, I kind of feel like with Dickinson's size, he kind of matches up with Edie kind of well because Edie kind of has that size advantage over everyone, but not over Dickinson. He doesn't have quite the advantage. I just have the weirdest feeling we're going to beat them kind of like last year. And then we're going to lose to Penn state the next week. That's how, that's exactly how I feel. Like if I, I'm actually so on board with you, WD. Yeah, that'd be very on brand. Um, yeah. I would love to see some more cheddar and read minutes. I, I feel like those guys are always out there hustling, um, getting rebounds, uh, doing the dirty work. Reed's making lots of plays out there, blocking shots, uh, getting in ones. Mm -hmm. um, he's, he's making great plays out there. So, um, yeah, I would love to see more of those two in the lineup. Uh, at this point, it's like, I feel like everyone who plays is kind of a developmental guy either way. Um, so yeah, I would just love to see, uh, 
you know, more experimenting with some lineups, uh, getting some new guys out there, uh, seeing what guys can do. And, um, yeah, just trying to um, figure out, you know, what we could do to possibly make the tournament and also just, you know, prepare prepare guys for next year. I mean, this Big Ten is bad enough where if we – I could, like, definitely see a strange, bizarro world where we win the Big Ten because I think I have absolutely no respect for anyone in the Big Ten's basketball right now. I just – I don't think anyone's that good. So, I mean, there is a bizarro world where that happens. And, I mean, you know, like you kind of said, seeing a guy like Reed out, Terrace Reed, I mean, he's – whenever he's out there, he's making a positive play. And I know what people are immediately going to jump to, and we're going to go jump to, oh, 23 percentage from the free throw line. But, I mean, you know, on defense and his rebounding impact, to me, kind of offset that. I, I'm willing to sacrifice having poor free throw shooting if he's out there, you know, hustling, rebounding, you know, making good plays on offense, you know, just driving in and getting an and one foul or something. He's got that size and that kind of, you know, that very rare physical ability and that drive to make really positive impact, no matter like where he is on the floor, offensive or defensive. And I think that this team needs more guys like that. So, I mean, you know, whether we decide to throw him alongside Dickinson or, you know, put him behind Dickinson and we kind of, you know, play Dickinson a little bit less, which I honestly, at this point, I wouldn't be shocked if it happens just due to how you know Dickinson has been, you know, a longstanding guy here at U of M, you know, he's kind of the, the face of the program a little bit as far as, you know, on the court. So, I mean, I, I could see a world where that happens, but I mean, it's, you know, I, I think a lot of people, I, I didn't want to, you know, touch this topic, you know, where it's, I think people are being a little too harsh to Terrace, considering just how many great plays he makes on, on a weekly basis. I mean, every single game, he, you know, comes with a good defensive player, makes a really good rebound. That's super important. And I mean, I, I love how he turns into the basket and just drives. Like that's, that's the ideal type of center. And with his physical ability, it's just so rare. He's so gifted. And, you know, I, I'd really like to see that more. And, you know, Shedder as well, making, you know, nice strides is, you know, a, light, a nice player. And Doug as well. I mean, Doug has played very, very well. You know, I mean, there's there's games, you know, where he looks like a freshman. And then there's games like Maryland, which I thought he played pretty well. And, you know, he's he's definitely making strides as an athlete, you know, here at U of M. So, I mean, you know, I, I think that's just – I kind of agree with you guys. I think it's a way to go. And I think that if we start playing young guys, I don't know if it's, it's surrendering the season. Because I think this Big Ten is bad enough. I don't think any team this Big Ten is super unbeatable. They're, you know, the best team in college basketball levels, you know, good. Anyone can be beaten any night. And, you know, I mean, having these guys develop under these conditions may, you know, raise their confidence. They're going to be – they can they have the chance to beat somebody that we don't, you know, expect to, like a Purdue or, you know, Michigan State down the line or, you know, let's, let's throw out a Wisconsin or something, you know, another, you know, upper-end team or an Indiana. I mean, there's a chance that our young guys could do that. Yeah. So it's, it, it there's, I, I don't think that playing young guys and developing them would be a surrendering of the season. I mean, if, if, if that were to happen, like a, a multi team tie for the title or something, uh, you could possibly see uh, a, <laughs> a Big Ten regular season champion, Michigan, go to the NIT with a Big Ten title, uh, which is just crazy to think about. But, yeah, that's how bad the conference is. I I've never seen it this bad. It's it's truly something to behold. I mean, I Purdue's the only ranked team, and they're ranked number one. Yeah, I mean, this team has been close so many times. I mean, there's the Kentucky, uh, Virginia loss. Um, you know, the the, the heartbreaker at Iowa. Um, oh, gosh. They shot terrible at Michigan State and still only lost by I think six. So. Uh, this team, I think, is still really close. Um, 
it's just it is a bunch of young guys. I mean, Terrace, like you said, he's just making play after play out there. Um, he was like a 75% free throw shooter in high school, so you know he can do it. He's just, you know, probably needs some more attempts out there. Um, Doug looks great. Um, I think for someone who's a freshman who really wasn't expected to play much this year, kind of thrust into the lineup, and, you know, he's a smaller guy, but just, um, you know, he's a little bit sped up, a little, uh, you know, turnover prone right now, but that's, like, to be expected as a freshman. I mean, we saw Xavier Simpson playing as a freshman. He looked almost unplayable. So, you know, Doug is, I think, um, there, if not higher than when, uh, where Xavier was as a freshman. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Shetter, another guy who just uh, goes out there and gets the dirt, does the dirty work, uh, makes makes a lot of plays. So, um, yeah, I think I think there's still some hope for this season. They're tied for second in the Big Ten right now. Um, so I think, you know, yeah, getting the Big Ten tournament, you might have a buy, you might have a double buy at this point and uh, see what happens. That's crazy to think about <laughs> being having a double buy with, I mean, how we all kind of feel about this season right now. It's but it's all there. Uh, so that, that's pretty encouraging. I mean, it, a lot depends on what happens Thursday. I think uh, if we can pull off a win uh, on Thursday, I mean, we'll see what happens in the next game. But I'd feel pretty confident going into it. Uh, I don't necessarily think we would. I mean, to, to beat a number one ranked team is something that's only been done once in the history of uh, Michigan basketball. Um, so it's, it's pretty rare. Uh, I don't think Purdue is the number one team. I mean, that's just what they're ranked right now. Uh, I don't think Purdue is going to go to the final four or anything like that. Um, I, I just think that's a, it's a huge opportunity coming up. Um, but to, to, to kind of echo on Paris, um, yeah, that he's showing some great flashes out there. Uh, the free throws are obviously that's got to improve. I mean, that's the free throws right now that that's like a weapon for the opposition to use late in games. If he's out there, um, uh, I, I believe I saw a stat the other day that he's like statistically the worst free throw shooter in Michigan history right now. Um, but the good news is he's a freshman. So, you know, he's got a lot of time to correct that. Yeah, I think he will. And uh, I mean, just great to have a guy like him uh, with, with Hunter potentially leaving after this year. Uh, great to have someone like Reed uh, that, you know, is coming behind him to, uh, be a force, you know, at the five. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to see more of him and Hunter at the, on the court at the same time. Cause that, that's just a huge lineup. That's tough to deal with. I mean, are we sure Hunter's going to leave after this year at, at this point? I mean, I don't, yeah, think he's having, right now. He's, I, I, yeah, I would probably guess no at this point, but it just, I mean, it, he had, he had the announcement after his freshman year that he was coming back and then he did it again this year and it kind of felt like the, the last hurrah. And so, yeah, we'll see if he if he decides to come back for one more year or if he's kind of done with school. It just kind of depends on how he's feeling. Right. Yeah. I mean, can I give a kind of a hot take about Hunter and the pros? Yeah. I definitely think that there's a world where he can't play in the NBA due to his outside shooting ability. Like I I'll be very honest. I if Luca Garza can get drafted, I I know Luca Garza is better, but like and I get Hunter Dickinson as bad as he is a pick and roll defense. I mean, he gets eaten alive down there. It is bad. But, I mean, there is a world where I, I think he's, you know, he has that outside shooting ability, which is, like, just really rare for a guy at 7'2". And it fits really well in the modern-day NBA where, you know, if you're on a team like the Warriors, something you have a lot of outside shooting. 
it could be kind of an interesting fit. Now, do I think he will? Likely not. But like, I think there is like a world where some like NBA interest could be existent. Uh, that's just kind of a hot take I've always had. I know a lot of people don't like it. And a lot of people kind of disagree with me. But I think in just kind of the modern day NBA, having a center, a guy at 7'2", that can shoot three somewhat reliably and be a good offensive weapon. He is somewhat ball dominant. I'll give you that. But I mean, he does pass well. Uh, I think there's a world where he plays in the NBA. You know, I don't know if it's for a long term or anything like that, but I, I could definitely see a world where he's playing professional basketball in the NBA. So I, that's just my very hot take. I know a lot of people don't like that take, but uh, that's just what I have to say. So, I mean, there there is a real, uh, you know, world out there where that happens, in my opinion. But, I mean, I might be crazy. So, I mean, I, I might just be extremely uh, wrong. But, I mean, if Luca Garza can make it, I mean, I, I think Hunter Dickinson's kind of the same player. So that's that's kind of my feelings. I would agree with that. Uh, you know, with, with NBA spacing, they always say it's a little bit of a different game. Um, I know, you know, he, he looks like he's been practicing his outside game a lot more. I kind of wonder if, like, sometimes he doesn't use his size enough down low, even though he's getting double teamed a lot and uh, kind of has to go out a bit more. But, um, yeah, it kind of feels like he's definitely been uh, practicing that outside game a lot more and getting a lot better at that. So, um, yeah, I mean – doesn't really quite have the team around him that he did a year or two ago. So he did. Like, yeah, right. We had this year's Hunter on like a year or two ago's team. Exactly. So more senior leadership. Oh my gosh. Like Sean D Brown. If we had him with, with Dickinson right now. Oh my God. And Franz. Oh, right. That would be such a team. Yeah. One of those things. If we had, would have had one of those guys stay uh, after that 2021 uh, season, that would have been really beneficial for last year and uh, how that season would have gone. But, uh, I mean, uh, I still don't understand the NBA decisions by the two guys who left, but, I mean, that's in the past, I guess. I mean, it's working out for him. You know, Franz is, you know, a great NBA player. I mean, you know, Caleb Houston, I understand the vision there. Diabate was the one I was always very like, wow, I didn't expect yeah. that one. But I mean, like, he has such a, you know, such a cool play style with how just like aggressive he kind of is, where he's just like all over the floor. And I've always kind of loved that. So I, I understand why they, they both made the NBA jump. And you know what? If you're, you know, a kid, you know, a high five star kid like those two were, you know, I, I understand me like, hey, you know, I want to go to the NBA. And like, that's like my lifelong goal. So, you know what? I mean, more power to him. I, I understand it. But I mean, you know, they can get good development up there. So I, I, I think it made sense in hindsight. I, I wasn't – I was more shocked about that with Moose than I was with uh, Caleb. Caleb very much felt like, you know, there were some games where he would just randomly go off like 25 from outside shooting, and he would just kind of be, you know, outside assassin. And he's – from what very limited magic I've seen play this year, he kind of does a similar thing. So I kind of – I understand. He's got the build and the body type and stuff like that. But that's NBA ball, which is just not college ball. So – that's interesting because I was completely expecting Diabate to go, and I thought Houston would come back. So really, yeah, that's. What was I, I just felt like Houston had a lot more to prove. If he came back, he could have come back and you know become a lottery pick. Whereas Diabate, kind of feels like more of a developmental prospect where he's going to like take a while to, uh, you know, get get become a better shooter, um, and just kind of seemed more like a guy who uh, would kind of go on to an NBA roster and de- develop better in the G League, whereas Caleb Houston could have come back and kind of dominated college basketball a little bit and, uh, you know, maybe translated some of those three-point games to his uh, to the away games and, 
yeah, I mean, he could have raised his stock a lot, I felt like. So, um, yeah, to me, I thought Houston would come back. And also, yeah, Dibate, you know, has the athleticism, whereas Houston doesn't necessarily have quite the athleticism of Dibate. So, um, yeah, I just felt like Houston can come back and prove a little bit more. I, I can understand that that position. Uh, you know, like like you said, I mean, Dibate was so raw. That's kind of what my thinking was. So it was kind of, you know, kind of where you chose to look, I guess, as far as right. both cases. Yeah. I, I, th- I leaned, you know, Diabate would come back. I just I didn't expect that one. But, I mean, it, it was just a very weird roster next, last year. And, I mean, you know, Jones took a while to really, you know, develop and, you know, kind of acclimate, rather not develop, uh, to, you know, the Michigan system. And it worked out. And, I mean, like, that's – I think that's why I'm not, like, totally out on Juwan yet. You know, I was, like, I still very much, you know, I think there's things that need to be fixed, clearly, as far as, you know, how the program's kind of going. But, like – I'm still like a believer generally, you know, but it's, I am worried <laughs> at this point. I'm, I'm still a Juwan believer and here's why, because I think the number one thing for me is he's still a new, relatively new head coach. Um, he didn't, you know, didn't have a bunch of, you know, too many assistant coaching stops before this. I think he was with the heat for a while, but it's yeah, not like he was, he's years, been a head yeah. coach for like years where like beeline had been a lifetime head coach. Or like, you know, I mean, look at Tom Izzo, who has kind of been struggling um, and he's, you know, been a head coach forever. So, um, yeah, a guy like Tom Izzo, I'd love to get in that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't on the script, but, you know, I've always had a chance to dunk on Tom Izzo. I had to. So, so yeah, I mean, John Howard, I think he's still kind of figuring it out, figuring out how to recruit, Um, you know, took a couple guys last year who kind of ended up bolting on him to the NBA uh, a little earlier than expected. So. Um, yeah, I think he's just kind of – it's a lot to figure out for him. So um, definitely kind of questionable some of the, you know, coming out of the halftime or timeouts or whatever where it's kind of like, you know, yeah, what were they talking about in there? But right now. Are, are those type of actions where I'm just like, what is that? I, like yeah. just random shots. <laughs> like I'm right. just like, what is happening right now on offense? And I think, I yeah, frustrating thing it. for me is like, yeah, those long two-pointers where someone will just take it down the court and pull up right away. And that, exactly. that's the type yeah, of stuff that Beeline stomped out of the program um, where yeah. we, we were kind of spoiled for a while where it's like, you know, in basketball analytics, like they've kind of figured out that like long two-pointers aren't a good shot. <laughs> yeah. And especially in college where, you know, people aren't as good shooters. So uh, yeah, that's kind of one of those things where it's like, I, I wish um, I would see less of those types of things, but still have a lot of young players who are trying to prove themselves. So I think that kind of plays into it too. And I think the uh, cool thing is with Juwan, I will give you this as well, as far as, you know, I still kind of believe is, you know, we look at Reed and Doug as compared, you know, to you know last year's, you know, really freshman phenoms of, you know, Houston and Diabate. And they're just not highly rated guys, not highly rated, uh, not as highly rated. So, and they're not going to the NBA this year. Sorry to burst anyone's bubble. That's going to buy their Terrace Reed uh, Orlando Magic jersey. But uh, it's just not going to happen this year. So, I mean, there's a chance for them to actually develop and be, you know, four-year guys. And I think Dickinson is another one of those, like, players out of high school where as soon as he came out, I was like, this is a multi-year guy. He's going to be very high-end. But, you know, I don't know if he's NBA guy right away. He kind of strikes me more regards. As soon as he came out. And I think hopefully, Juwan, as we continue to go down the line and we, you know, start recruiting, you know, players that are not, the super high five-star, you know, Bronny James, you know, guy that's going to try to go to the NBA as soon as possible. And I think that, you know, the right thing for the program would to be to get the more mid, 
high four-star guys that want to be in college for a few years. It yep. allows us to build our roster a little bit because I think what's happened this year was a kind of depleted roster where we have to play a lot of young guys as compared to the last two years where we had a lot of transfers, a lot of young guys from, you know, late B-line, early Jawan and stuff like that, and a lot of transfer out, like, you know, Castleton and Julius, which was kind of, you know, bad mistake in hindsight. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm willing to give this year a pass, I think. I'm, I'm going to be pretty chill about things. You know, but I mean, I, I I think, you know, brought, you know, summarized, let's let's play some more developmental guys, especially in lieu of games like, you know, the Maryland game or the Minnesota game, which I know we're going to cover the Maryland game a little bit here. But uh, that's kind of how uh, how I'm feeling. Yeah, I think there I think there might have been a little bit of a shift in recruiting philosophy. Uh, I remember when Juwan was hired, it was the talk was very much McDonald's kids. You know, we're going to bring in the McDonald's kids and we got three of them. We got. Uh, Musa, Caleb, and Kobe uh, with the McDonald's All-Americans. And then, I mean, we whiffed on Isaiah Todd and uh, Josh Christopher uh, the year before. But uh, And then, you know, those two McDonald's kids, or two of them, two of three, uh, they took off after one year. Exactly. It feels like he kind of out-recruited himself last year with that. I think it was a six-person class. And really the only contributor for that class right now is Kobe who I, th- I believe is still the youngest player on the team. So uh, he's another guy that I-, I like the improvement I've seen from him. Uh, he tries to, you know, do a little much sometimes, but it's just because he kind of has to. So, um, yeah, I think, like, guys like Kobe next year, he's going to take another leap. I uh, can't wait to see Doug and Reed next year. And uh, I think I think next year will look a lot better, especially if Dickinson sticks around. I, I think another year Kobe, you know, is going to be great. Uh, Kobe's another guy that's, you know, I- I've been – very harshly critical of in the past and you know he's he's stepped up this year in my opinion you know he he's continuing to kind of grow as a player and there's a chance you know two years down the line or something if he he has over two years of eligibility left you know where he is like an isaiah livers level player he's, he's following a very similar trajectory as far as the statistics so i'm not saying it's a guarantee that's going to happen but like he is following a positive statistical trend line, so I I, I am you know excited for Kobe Buffkin in the future. I mean, that's why I I think I'm kind of chilling out on this year. I I've, I've kind of relaxed at first. Like that EMU game, if we did a pod that weekend, my God, guys, I would be canceled. Uh, <laughs> I was very upset, but my expectations kind of be kind of be reset, and I'm kind of just chilling. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm chilling pillion right now. That's that's, that's right. what I'm doing. So. But uh, also another guy I want to kind of shout out really quickly that, you know, we were going to get in Maryland a little bit and just kind of wanna, that wasn't really the best game. But I want to shout out T-Will for having a really nice game in Maryland. I know it's kind of a homecoming for him being from Alexandria, I believe, or, you know, that kind of DMV area. I mean, really great game from him all the way around. I know a lot of people have been very critical of him, you know, publicly. And I just want to say shout out to him, man. I, I thought he played a really good game in Maryland. And, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of action on the board stuff. Like that. That's what I like to see from him, you know crashing the crashing the glass you know going after points so big shot to him man you know i, I really did want to get out get that out of the way as well as we're, as we're kind of moving on yeah uh i'm i'm the number one t will defender uh, i will defend him to the death i think he's had a like a wrap on his hand i think he's got an injured hand uh i don't know for how long exactly but yeah i think he's been battling something there uh could explain a little bit of his shooting and, uh, yeah, I mean, just crashing the boards, getting putbacks, uh, doing things that, you know, a lot of other guys don't do. I think he's the type of guy who, um, you know, his, his presence is almost more felt off when he comes off and you don't really get those. 
putbacks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm Shedder has been coming on and doing a great job uh, in his place too. So um, I think he's kind of a T will part two um, is kind of how I see will Shedder. So yeah, I love both those guys. And uh, yeah, I think Kobe Bufkin, the, the comp I've heard with him is Karis Levert. Uh, was just kind of like too too young and skinny to play his freshman year. I remember they put him in a, few, a couple couple times. I think his freshman year, um, I think he ended up getting the red shirt. But then it was kind of really his junior year before he really started to blossom. And unfortunately, he got hurt. But uh, yeah, I think uh, another year for Kobe, uh, and he's going to be an issue for Big Ten uh, defenders. Yeah, I remember when uh, I remember that time very well uh, when Karis. That whole class of the fresh five, um, Karis out there as a freshman, he looked like a stick figure with the with <laughs> with a extra large jersey on him that was too big. Uh, he really was only like a defensive specialist and uh, didn't do very much offensively. But he kind of started to come along his second year, and then that third year, that was when he really, as you said, he really blossomed. And it's it's really too bad about his career because I mean we would have had a really long tournament streak going if he never got injured those two years. Yeah. I mean, he's made a really good career for himself in the NBA, you know, with the Cavs and stuff like that. So I'm happy for him, you know, things have worked out. Yeah. yeah really? Selfishly from our perspective though, from like a Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. From a Michigan perspective. Yeah. I would have loved to see what he did in Michigan, but yeah, really one of the better pros from that era. Yeah, really is. Man, I still believe in Trey Burke at point guard in the NBA. <laughs> I'm still a buyer, man. Oh, that hurts. Trey, you know, Trey's the goat. He's the Michigan goat. Yeah, I mean, you know, if we're talking like top three favorite Michigan athletes, I Trey Burke, hot take, maybe my number one. Oh, the bigger thing for me here is it's been 10 years. That amazing team that brought Michigan basketball back into public consciousness. Uh, no 10 year reunion, uh, no Trey Burke jersey in the Raptors. I mean, what, the, what the hell? I mean, come on. He, he won like the Heisman of basketball. He won you know what, Wooden. WD? You do something for me? What's up? Next game, I, can you hold up a sign that says retire number three, Trey Burke? Uh, I will definitely get that at one of the games. We just have a lot planned for the. Uh, I get you. Purdue may not be it, but one of these games, you got to get that sign up there. Yeah, it's uh, it's not just uh, men's basketball either. Uh, women's basketball, you got no shortage of players, especially recently, uh, like Nas Hillman. Agreed. Her, num- yeah, her number Hillman. should be up there, and Michigan hockey. They, there's not one retired number for Michigan hockey. Are you kidding? <laughs> and also another hot take. I think number two should be retired. That's just me. I'd retire number two for football. Oh, yes. Woodson? Yeah. I mean, I think 98 should be. I think 21 should be. I mean, that's... that's yeah, the only awesome. the only thing is with football is you kind of run out of numbers and you have these massive rocks. Oh, as if 200 wasn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean we, if you double the numbers now, I don't think that argument quite holds the same merit as it used to. Just, you know? just bring back the legacy jerseys. Just give everyone number 98. I still yeah, own number, number 98. Days. I love those days. <laughs> Devin Gardner is still like another top five cult Michigan athlete for me. I'll always stand uh, Devin Gardner. That's my guy. He could have done it, man. But with one of these teams, oh, my gosh. Imagine if he played now. Oh, he'd be crazy. 
that that uh, 2013 loss is burned into my memory from the stands. I was in that end zone. Oh, Al Bor just called a timeout and then ran out. Or no, Ohio State called the timeout and then Al Bor just ran out there with the same formation. Genius. Uh, <laughs> forever. A genius they call. But hey, you know, at least we got uh Caden JJ now. So we're 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 big chilling. You know what? That 2020 win was one of the best days of my life. So that whatever yeah. had to happen to make that as sweet as it was, I guess I'll take it. Exactly. You know, you, you gotta suffer, you gotta go through hell to get to heaven, as this as some of them say. That's right. But yeah, WD, get the maze rage to you know I know you're the maze rage guy. Get them activated, man. We gotta get Trey Broke retired. Oh, we're uh, I mean, right now it's it's kind of with the uh, Purdue game coming up. There's gonna be some really really good signs. This is a very coordinated effort coming up on Thursday night. Um, one of the things that's not coordinated though is the rest of Chrysler Center showing up for games. So hopefully the seats aren't empty. <laughs> um, it's it's really ridiculous, and you know, I mean, it seems like Ward is our pinata lately. So I'll take another hack at him. Uh, the base rage put forward last year officially to the athletic department and it even saw Ward's desk uh, a proposal to expand the maze rage. Um, and I, I believe I touched on this before, but it's worth repeating again. And they just basically said, no, we can't do it. We, we're not, we're not going to do it because the, the people who sit around the court, the money that they spend on the tickets and the donations, they don't want to part with that. Even though those people are maybe there are one, two game, two games a year. Uh, if not, not showing up, especially now. And then the the worst part is some of those seats are 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 purchased by opposing fans. So you have uh, there was the MSU game last year. There, I've seen people yeah, sitting courtside in green and white. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mel Tucker was there and Rico Beard. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, that is ridiculous. No, I agree, WD. I, I don't know why the eight athletic department hasn't done that yet. I, I think I think it makes this, the school look bad. It actually does. It gives us a bad reputation. And the maze race does a great job, you know, leading things, you know, for the student section. I, it's on the other fans who are not showing up. And I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, I was watching, you know, like ESPN or whatever. And I, you know, they like the college basketball promotions. They're like, oh, you know, like this, like, oh, like Kansas, Duke, whatever, like 3 p.m. or something. And they have like all the teams or whatever. And I remember the days when you, we used to be on that, you know, you'd see like, oh, you'd see like a, some highlight of, you know, Xavier Simpson or something, you would see, you know, big sleep out there or something. And, you know, it'd just be like on a clip or whatever. But, like, we're not mentioned at all. Like, Michigan basketball's kind of, you know, become a little irrelevant. Like, even the fan base, it feels like. Hey, well, I feel like that has a lot to do with football's rise and basketball just not winning at a high level at the same time football's doing well. Uh, I, remember, uh. I remember people kind of some joking, some not saying – uh, is Michigan a basketball school? Well, I mean, it took one great year from football for everyone to forget about that and basketball having a not so great year. Um, well, I mean, so here's what I'll say there's no reason you can't be great at bo- both. Look at 2007 Florida, look at Alabama now. I mean, Alabama's really a good basketball program now, and they're showing up. You know, yeah, I don't think it's like a viable excuse. No, I'm, I'm just saying more of the uh like the focus of the fan base. I, I'm, I'm more like referencing uh, the 2020 season where football had a bad year, but basketball. That is, I mean, I remember the yeah, we were more of a basketball yeah. school. Um, my whole college career in uh, 2009 to 2013. So lucky for basketball. Oh my God. Well, 
football. Unlucky for football. Yeah, there's definitely a <laughs> trade off. There's there. a trade off. Like it wasn't all bad. I, I got to see Denard. That's a. Uh, I'll take it. I got to see yeah. one one Ohio State victory, and I got to see Denard play. So, yeah, you, you didn't have like the worst tenure possible. The worst would probably be those couple of Rich Rod years. Two thousand seven, two thousand nine. Yeah, I, I actually know someone whose first game as a student was App State in two thousand seven. Oh, that's horrific. I'm sorry. It, the the only thing worse than that may uh are like children who was whose first game that was uh god well, that very brutal um, yeah so if you started as a freshman in 2007 your last year was 2010 so that was rich Rod's last year jeez <laughs> oh, uh yeah that's that's the worst go it doesn't get worse than that our hearts go out to those people yeah rip those michigan those brave michigan men and women All right, uh, we done with men's basketball? Yeah, yeah I think we got that pretty good. All right, so the women's basketball team is also – they're having a pretty good year uh, in a tough Big Ten. Uh, tough loss to Indiana yesterday. Leah Brown went off for 31 points. Uh, Brown, Layla Felia, and Emily Kaiser combined for 67 of our 83 points. Um, Do you guys watch this game? Uh, yeah, I was at the game uh, in the Maze Rage courtside. Uh it was it was a great game. Um, the just got a little too far behind in the first quarter and couldn't really make like make up for that. If you take the first quarter away, we outscored Indiana. Uh, Indiana's really good, uh, and I think we're really good too. Uh, just didn't have a good first quarter, and then the rebounding in the first half wasn't great. Uh, but it definitely improved in the second half. Um, uh, I, I mean, when you lose a player like Nas Hillman, you're going to take a step back. Uh, she was like. She was the, what Cassie Russell is to the men's basketball program. That's Nas. Um, so naturally, there's a step back there. But Leah Brown, she is really good. Uh, she was making shots yesterday. They were just jaw-dropping. Uh, that was her first 30-point game. Uh, yeah, the team is 16-4 on the year. Uh, tournament lock in January, which is nice. Uh, and the Big Ten is loaded, as you said. Uh, unlike the men's side, <laughs> the uh, – the Big Ten, they they got uh, there are no sure as good teams right now, um, and Michigan's one of them, which is great. All right. Um. So yeah, I mean, I don't I don't have much to add to that. Um. I guess. Yeah. Uh, do you guys watch the hockey game this this year or uh, <laughs> this weekend? Big uh, series against Minnesota. One this year, um, so yeah, started off with an OT loss in Minnesota on Friday, got him back on Saturday with an OT win. Um, I wasn't able to watch either of these games. Did you guys watch? Yeah, uh, Friday night, you cut out there for a second. You got, can you hear me? Yeah, I can, I can. Okay, the podcast is growing great. Yep. <laughs> First Welcome to the first episode, everyone. <laughs> Welcome uh, to the yeah. show. I'd cut it out, but it's part of the uh, it's part of the experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Welcome to the first the first part of a of a lovely podcast, huh? The first episode. It's always the pilot's always the best, <laughs> right? Uh, Friday night. Friday night's game. Uh, the remote flew across the room in the living room. Uh, at the end of that one, uh, officiating was horrible. Um, I mean, but but that's usually how it is playing at Minnesota. Uh, They get every freaking call and their fans act like they do not. 
Um, but uh, the next night was uh, that that was very encouraging. Um, <laughs> boy, do we need that one uh, to stop the bleeding there. Uh, Minnesota, they're they're really far ahead in the standings. I think there's like a one, less than one percent chance that anyone other than them is going to win the conference. Looking at st- uh, this like stat probability I looked at earlier today, which is crazy. They just got ahead in the in one of most of their games in the first half of the year. So that's kind of a bummer, not not being out of the regular season race. But, um, yeah, Michigan hockey this year uh, under interim head coach Brandon Narado, uh, it's kind of been an up-and-down year. Um, lots of injuries. Uh, we've got – there are 12 forward spots on, on, a, raw, on, a, uh, on a line, and we got 12 forwards right now to fill those. So one more injury, and it's we might have to pull guys off the club team for real. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of been an unlucky year in that sense of just with the injury front, you know? I mean, I still think that we haven't really fallen off to, like, the point where, it, I mean, Arado should probably be given a full-time position after this year, considering how unlucky we've been with injuries. Yeah, I mean, I think overall performance has been fine, you know, compared to the Pearson era. Yeah, I mean, if the season ended right now, we would be a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. We would be in no problem. The Big Ten is arguably the best conference this year. Um, exactly. Yeah. Like you can't ask for much better than that for, for an interim head coach that's had numerous injuries. I mean, it's, I mean, I remember one point, did we have a goalie out at forward or something? At some yep. Point? Yep. And that's, we're going to have to keep doing that because of the, uh, injury this past weekend to Mackie Samuelskevich, which that's a, that's a big injury. Uh, he's a first round draft pick. Um, and that's that he took a hit, uh, it looked like it may, might have a separated shoulder right into the boards. Oh, uh, so hopefully he can get back. And then we also have another first rounder who's out for the season. Uh, Frank Nazar, he got, he's a freshman. He got injured like really early on. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, with another year, I, I, I you know, I, I, I'm actually pretty hopeful for the hockey program's future. I mean, like I, I just want to win the big one soon. <laughs> like it, it feels like Michigan basketball hurt so many. I mean, Michigan hockey has been hurt so many times. Yeah, that Samus injury hurts. Uh, he's, I think, my favorite player to watch on this team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you also take into account that they lost, what, four first-rounders, I think three top-five picks, something like that. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, after all, they've lost uh, first year as an interim head coach um, in a gauntlet of the Big Ten. Uh, I think he's doing pretty well. Um the one thing I do like about Minnesota is I like their Olympic ice. So I think. Really? You're a fan? I, I like it. Uh, I, I don't know why. It. I mean, oh, my God. That seems like the worst playing like rank to ever play in. But I'd I hate, be so tired by the end of that. I hate to disappoint you, but uh, they're getting rid of it. This is the last year. They're going to go to oh, NHL really? next year. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So they're moving there. They're just going to get like regular rink size ice. They're not like, are they, what are they going to do with the stadium? Is it just going to like shrink out, I guess? Uh, they'll actually, I think they'll be able to add some more seats because the NHL rink size is more of like an oval, whereas uh, uh, the Olympic sheet's like a rounded rectangle. That's the best way I can describe yeah, it. it there's yeah, there's a lot more space. Strange. They should do a raised rink like their basketball uh, court. <laughs> Raise it up. <laughs> <laughs> What's your opinion on the basketball, uh, the court at, uh, at Minnesota? Some people love it, some people hate it. I hate that. I think it would really? be sweet for hockey, though. I like it for hockey. 
<laughs> that's a that's definitely a, i think that's like a bucket list uh place for me to visit is the barn that is that's like one of the oldest uh basketball venues left uh very much like old yost field house before it was the converted to the ice arena uh just just it's really old i think it's like 100 years old so i would like to check it out someday the race court's kind of weird to me but i mean at the same time it, it's preparation if you go play in the final four and play in that uh raised court which they have there yeah, that's why I kind of like it. I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of a fan of it. I understand like players hate it, but like from like a purely, I'm just sitting on my couch watching it. It's something different. I kind of like it. I'll be honest. You know, it gets, it gets us ready for the final fours that the big 10 will lose. in if we make it that far. Mm, yeah. There's something about the, just them stepping down to sit on the bench that annoys me. I don't know what it is. I mean, we should have that or like Cameron indoor, you know? Uh, because I love Cameron Indoor too. I think Cameron Indoor is sick. I, I really want to go to a Duke game just to like see it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of a bucket list for me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another one. And also the Watson Center in Coral Gables, Florida. There's another one. Everyone's trying to go to the Watsco Center. <laughs> Everyone loves the Hurricanes. <laughs> everyone's everyone's out there for Jim Laranega's basketball team. I mean, at least they got an on-campus building. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, it was, it was nice. It was nice when I went there for a year. It was cool. Like yeah. one of the thousand fans. I've been to American Airlines Arena. I don't know if that counts. I like American Airlines. That's another good one. It's got a nice little uh, area outside where you can go walk on the board rock walk or whatever it's called and get a $50. Uh, and I'm, I'm blanking on the name, but yeah. Honestly, the worst stadium in the country is Cowboys. I hate Cowboys Stadium. I hate AT&T Stadium so much. I thought you hated State Farm Stadium more. State Farm is another one that really sucks. Like, okay, I, I'm not going to get back into that. It, okay, at least Cowboys Stadium. Okay, at least their deal is, at least they have stuff going on. The, what sucks about the Cowboys is, like, when you're actually sitting there, it's like they're like, hey – we're going to try to put as many people in the sardine can as possible. So we're just going to try to squeeze everyone in here. So I, I'm six foot, like basically I'm five, 11, three, fours, but I say I'm six foot. Uh, so, you know, when I'm sitting there, I'm like squeezed in because everyone else is like squeezing because it's indoor stadium. It's a hundred thousand people. What a ridiculous concept. A bunch of morons. I mean, I, I don't know why. And then the other, the other stadium I don't love for like its features is the Miami heat stadium, how it's kind of like tight, like the, like the concessions area is very tight. I don't know how to quite explain that, but it's like it's very like congested. Another thing I just didn't love, but the court was cool. But those are like top two next to State Farm Arena and Stadium, which by God is the most that is like some architect was like, I'm going to build the most boring stadium possible. Watch me do it. And they succeeded mightily. I mean, God bless them. Uh, you know, they, they really did build the most boring stadium ever. And I feel bad for the people going to Super Bowl this year. I mean, you know, be glad the Lions didn't make it to the Super Bowl this year, so they didn't have to go to that boring-ass stadium. My God. Lions will be there next year. Uh, mojito was the word I was looking for, by the way. Oh, $50, $50. mojito. That sounds good. Yeah. For $50? It, it might have been $50 for two. Either That's way. worth it, though, WD. The mojitos are. It, they're good. It was a good one. $50 worth, though. I appreciate it. That does sound very good. Yeah, I was fresh out of college, too, so it really <laughs> hurt. If you have to ask. Um, all right, so we done with Michigan hockey now? Yeah. Kind of went off into a, a stadium discussion. 
Yeah. Look, little tangents are what make podcasts great. I, I'm all, it's I'm all it's true. My little, little tangents. You know, that's what people are here for. They, they, they say, fuck the sports takes, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I love to hear which, which stadiums I need to avoid, uh, when I need to be happy that the Lions didn't make the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, well, the so Lions on. will go next year to Energy Stadium, and then there you go. There you go. And it'll be right there, next to the college football playoff as well. So, I mean, that, that is happening. Also, those tickets, by the way, I did check. They're 1500 right now. For wow. what? College football playoff championship energy. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's all the Buckeyes uh, bidding up the price. Oh, yeah, they'll get us this year. Yeah. <laughs> this is the year. <laughs> just, just wait till we beat them next year. No, nah, for sure, man. With Kyle McCord, oh, yeah, he's him. Don't worry about it. JJ's not going to be upset about the guy that they took over him. Yeah, it's a, yeah no way. So, yeah, Michigan football. Um, quite the offseason so far. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. I mean, my God, you could we could do a whole episode on that. I mean, got a, quarter, got a quarterback coach opening. Brian Greasy? Uh, I heard that that that's probably not happening. Yeah, I heard that's falling through. If you look at some of his past tweets too, that was clearly never going to work out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah wasn't he tweeting happen. like fire Harbaugh or something? <laughs> yeah, he tweeted enough so is enough. enough. That's what, like the Harbaugh like in 2020 <laughs> stats. He's like a fan like all of us. <laughs> he's just like me. He's he's just like me for real. Good good for Brian Greasy. I mean, is it a crazy world to throw Denard there? That yes. Okay, all right. I can hurt you. I'm, I'm in reality check here. All the people who complained and said he could, he should be a wide receiver would would all they would all unretire their old takes and be he should not be coaching quarterbacks. Yeah, that would melt the uh, Michigan internet. But I'm I mean, saying, I'm, down uh, for it. I'm down for more Denard whenever possible. I love Denard. I mean, talk about an unexpected opening, uh, computer access crimes, and it doesn't sound like it was anything like really bad. Thankfully. Uh, it just kind yeah. of sounds like a university policy. So, I mean, maybe he tapped into someone else's email, maybe Ward's email or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I still think he uh, sent a phishing email to Jim Knowles. Maybe he sent that. Uh, maybe he's the uh, the guy who tried to hack your um, the Google Docs invite. Remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. You can talk about that for a second. <laughs> yeah, that was Matt Weiss. Immediately got a... Matt Weiss trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> He wants on those who pod. We should invite him on. No, Let him explain not. himself. <laughs> He's got time. <laughs> we should absolutely not. I will not be <laughs> partaking in that episode. William's out with an injury. <laughs> I don't know what that guy did. <laughs> I mean, it is so weird to me. I didn't know that campus police could like raid someone's home. That's yeah. so interesting. Like it to me, them like leaving it open has been much more scary than like just saying what it is. They may have just knocked on his door and he was like, sure, come on in. Which is dumb enough as it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, didn't, prepared. I didn't really know campus police had that kind of power. I thought I didn't know either. <laughs> I did, but I mean, I, I, I guess, I mean, you know, but uh, yeah, that, that was uh, interesting. And um, so Harbaugh has completely taken over Jaden Davis's recruitment and uh, didn't make any excuses for what happened or anything like that with the, quarterback coaching change and uh and his parents from what i've read um on 24 7 like nothing has like gone backwards in his recruitment for us i mean i'm still a little worried about it it's it's getting it's you know the more time has gone on the more i'm scared i'm getting i'll say it 
How are we feeling about that? Um, I'm just glad we have Dominic Riola as a backup, or Dylan Riola as a backup uh, plan. <laughs> if we, man, if we somehow, oh my God, I'd be the <laughs> happiest man alive. I, I'd do skips down the street. You'd see, you'd see me right down Main Street doing skips. Oh my God. I mean, you know, there is a there is a wild world. You know, I'm, I'm willing to entertain. You know, some uh, some more. T- I don't think it happens. I think he's going to Nebraska. But I mean. Maybe or, a transfer in a couple of years. You know, I mean, there, there's a world. I mean, I, could, I mean, you know, I mean, if we don't get J, if we don't get Davis, if Davis goes to Ohio State, we can kind of play that as, hey, oh, hey, they chose Davis over you, or whatever. You know, we can, you know. Yeah, imagine the meltdown if uh, Jane Davis does not wind up here. I do not want to picture that. That is going to be. Oh yeah, you'll see me on the TL. Yeah, I'll be out. <laughs> yeah, you'll see me. Don't worry about that. I won't be mad at Jaden. I'll be mad at the staff. So don't worry about that, Jaden. If you're listening, probably not. But hey, you know, you never know with these things. And he's I mean, a good listener. I mean, do we... yeah, he's an avid listener of our one episode. <laughs> he, this, if, if this, if Jaden Davis is listening to this episode right now, that kid is coming to Michigan. I don't care. <laughs> All right, uh, Matt Weiss, stop stealing board apes. Yeah, he's um, actually a part of FTX uh, risk management team. <laughs> he's in the Bahamas with uh, Sam Bank. Uh, <laughs> SPF down there in the Bahamas. Matt, Matt, I saw a funny shirt. It was like Enron, uh, 1997 summer intern. And I was like, <laughs> Matt Weiss. Like, Matt Weiss. Do that? <laughs> Bernie Madoff risk management team. Yeah. Madoff investments or whatever. I'm, I'm just surprised they haven't called it like Schembechler Gate yet. I'm surprised I haven't seen that. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got Tunnel Gate. I mean, you know, this you is got, like the perfect I mean, Harbaugh's a criminal gate. You got Burger Gate. We got we got yeah. so many gates and the Quorum Car Gate. You know, we can talk about that. If if anyone sees, you know, a camouflaged, you know, Camaro, you know, it's out there. So I mean, go look out for Quorum's car. I mean, it's like oh. I know WD. You've probably seen it around. It's pretty obvious when you see it. Um, yeah, if you see it, definitely go contact. You know, there's a, a few tweets. I don't have any resources right now to tell you where to go see it, but like, it, it, someone stole it, which is pretty dumb to do. Yeah, they picked a bad car to steal. I mean, that'd be like stealing <laughs> my car. <laughs> I know. Yes. I mean, it does look like a really cool car, to its credit. It, it's Absolutely. just really obvious. Like, you know, it's not like it's just a solid color. It's like camouflage. And it's got the BC2 logo on it. And I see it all over the place. I see it in Ann Arbor. Like, oh, I, I did, but like, no, I haven't seen it for like a week or two. So that, that, that explains things. I haven't <laughs> seen it. I did not take it, but like, <laughs> let me clarify that on the pod. But, uh, you know, it is super obvious. Whoever stole that car, especially guys like beloved and is such a good dude, like, you literally right. couldn't have like made a worse decision. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't towed. I've had like three different cars towed in Ann Arbor. Good. Uh, you don't tow his car. No. They know it's him. Like, I mean, I, I you know, I, that's Blake Quorum's car. They know. Yeah. Like, we, if, if I know, they know. I just, I saw there was a picture of him getting a ticket. Um, that's so absurd. Some, some parking enforcement people need to get fired. So you never know. And at that Ann Arbor parking enforcement are like one of my biggest enemies. Uh, every, every time I, I mean, today I was sweating bullets. I, I was in the union in the study lounge and my my uh, e park expired for about thirty minutes and I was sweating it out until I got back to my car and I didn't get a ticket. I once got a ticket after I paid for the parking on oh. North Campus. <laughs> they are 
absolute Nazis up there. Yeah, yeah, they're felons, man. I, I just, I can't trust those merchants. They'll, they'll take any chance to get. I mean, they don't want you driving there anyways, which is ridiculous. I mean, I drove through there today because I had to pick up some stuff in the apartment. But yeah, I mean, I just, you don't do that to Blake Corum. Like they can't get away with that, right? I mean, we got to get what's his face, the the prosecutor, to go, you know, crack down on these guys. Our <laughs> MGO blog uh, posting uh, prosecutor. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. The big blue wall strikes again. <laughs> Mysterious big blue wall at ESPN that broke the Matt Weiss story. Well, I mean, I don't know if you guys have heard this. Speaking of uh, Tunnelgate a few minutes ago, they uh, Ward sent out an email yesterday uh, about they're going to be making a change to the seating by the tunnel. So right now, if you look down the tunnel, there's there's a section of seats kind of cutting the tunnel a little bit. So like there's yeah. seats that kind of like are in the path of it. They're going to be removing those seats entirely so that's going to be completely clear now and the tunnel's going to be fully sized and i believe that has to do with mel tucker getting slapped in the face by that guy after the game yeah, yeah that... must mean michigan state does nothing wrong gotta mean that Ugh, i don't want to get into tunnel gate again I, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't want i don't want MSU chief of propaganda back in my mentions. No, nah, we'll skip past that. I don't, I don't want that headache one more time. My cat's being a menace right now. Um, oh, yours so, is too. I can hear mine in the background. He's yeah, yeah, I can hear my. He's playing with a little bottle cap and uh, it's picking up on my mic, I think. Oh, no, I don't hear anything. Okay, good. All right, good. So good to know we both have cats acting up in the background. But yeah, I mean, you know, it, the total thing, actually, I kind of agree with like expanding it out because it would probably look better. Yeah, it looks weird when you when you look down at it. It's it yeah, looks like it's something's like, blocking yeah. it. Yeah, you really yeah, shouldn't be able to touch someone's on, head. Like a rival or something. If you can touch someone's head without them wanting you to, then you're you're too close. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it in, like, put it in high five yeah, range. Hands an asshole. Let's let's keep it a buck. Yeah, that was yeah. not cool. Put it in high five range and give everyone a helmet, boy. So uh, it'll take their helmet to the locker for them. Yeah. All right. Done with that. Uh, <laughs> Any more controversial topics? Mozzie Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's let's move on to a good one. Uh, Natalie Wojcik just released a bobblehead uh, with Valiant through MDen. Yeah, so, that's uh, that's really awesome. I actually, when they released the first wave of them with the football and hockey and basketball players, I um, I DM'd her and I actually asked her if are, she's going to get one and. She said no, they hadn't uh, hooked up with her yet on it. But I, so I mentioned, I mean, like that's gonna sell because, like, outside of the Michigan fandom, uh, women's gymnastics like is a huge. It has a huge following on the internet. It's called the Gym Turnet, uh, and it's mostly it's mostly females. Um, but like it's it's like a um, it's hard to describe. It's um, like they're not. Uh, <laughs> like they're they all kind of like root for each other and stuff and like it's it's kind of like a sorority type vibe with like the women's gymnastics like community for the fan base of uh, the sport as a whole so like that'll sell well and she'll be making a lot off of that it, it's pretty cool design too uh and it's cool to see valiant uh getting together with other athletes not just the football players agreed yeah go buy them go buy like seven, absolutely you know? support support all sports here you know i'm just wondering when we're gonna start getting uh you know, some water polo and some rowing and some, you know. Well, let's, Definitely let's need a Leah Brown, Leila Felia. 
Layla Filia, you know, Emily they, Kaiser. Uh, Let's get her too. Uh, Valiant. They they actually just now they're doing custom uh, basketball jersey with the name on the back, and it's not through. Oh, uh oh, lost them. Not through the university. No, it's uh, it's not through um, it's not through Nike for some reason. So I, I don't know what the deal with that is. There, I, I guess they don't want to. Nike doesn't want to do custom basketball jerseys like they do football, but so that's why they're they're Valiant branded instead of the Jordan brand. But they look. The oh exact boy, same. are we gonna do a whole Nike rant again? Can I <laughs> want to get the chance? <laughs> if we make the playoffs again, I will do my Nike rant. All right. Looking forward to that in episode fifty-two. Yeah, yeah, you'll see, you'll see me there. You know, in a few weeks, completely ripping a Nike. My God, that's one of the dumbest things I ever heard. But you know, I mean, it's great. Um, I mean, like you know, I was wondering who those basketball uniforms were, and you know, it's nice to have them, stuff like that. Valiant is actually, you know, and, and the whole NIL, you know, discussion stuff like that. I know, obviously, this is a whole NIL, you know, kind of supported podcast so i'm kind of blessed to be here from nil but like, I, I gotta be honest i think nil at michigan you know a lot of people had a lot of very negative opinions back you know when NIL first kind of started texas and i was just dropping bags on people but like u of m's done a really great job with nil like really awesome like I'll, everyone involved you know from valiant to you know every other organization out there i know that word sound that email definitely check it out you know day to whichever one you know go down uh <laughs> Whichever one you want, and all the other ones too, like wherever you choose to spend your money on, do it. Just support Michigan athletes, stuff like that. And you know, it's like I, you kind of want to give a big round of applause. You know, all the, all the, you know, different NL programs because I think we've been killing it lately. You know, I think that we've done a really great job of it, actually. Yeah, I, I'd be really curious to see uh, the ledgers for some of the higher end uh, talent on the football team, like JJ and. Blake and Donovan see how much money they're raking in um, because it, it's got to be a lot, uh, especially with uh, especially with JJ. I mean, he's got tons of deals, tons. He was over uh, doing like appearances throughout uh, the Ann Arbor area at like these um, Randy Wise Chevrolet dealerships over the summer before he was even the starting QB. So, I mean, he and that was only like the beginning of it. So, I mean, those guys are probably doing really well for themselves. And uh, they're giving back with it, too, which is great to see. Yeah, Blake Corum giving back a bunch. Uh, yeah, JJ got a Bose deal, which I'm a little jealous of. So, yeah, very cool to see. I think, I mean, we've kind of been talking about it really from the beginning uh, on our Twitter space, how, um, you know, the, the Texas A&M and the Miami uh, NIL approach just wasn't sustainable, and uh, I would definitely prefer Michigan's approach over to what they're doing. And I think, you know, at this point, I think we've been proven right. So, um, yeah, great to see the Michigan NIL program uh, picking up a bit. Uh, and, yeah, I think it's only up from here. And it's also nice to not have uh, our head coach e-begging for money, like for <laughs> millions of dollars like uh, Ohio State has. So that that's really good. You know, That's right. Begging for money. <laughs> if there's another Michigan football thing I kind of want to bring up. How do we feel about Harwell's contract? Um, I have yeah. what about what about it? I mean, is there like a new contract coming or not? Because we kind of heard, you know, oh, you know, we're committed to the university or whatever. Is there a contract coming or not? We think? Uh, it's being worked on. Uh, I, I think kind of has to do with the this the bullshit NCAA investigation going on, why it's not all burger gate been, yeah, been fully public. Let me get yet, the but, program down, <laughs> but yeah, 
but uh, but everything I've heard is Harbaugh's working with Santa Ono on it, and <laughs> and I think just Santa Ono on it. What range are we thinking as far as salary? That that's always an interesting question because I mean I, I think I have a number in my head of what number I, I would like for him to get paid, but you know what do you guys think as far as numbers? Nine point five million dollars a year for ten years. Okay, that's 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 close to the range I'm thinking. What do you think, WD? That was a Mel Tucker joke. <laughs> oh god! See, I was going to do nine point six as a Mel Tucker joke. <laughs> okay, nice. It's going to be more than him. I know that it 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 better be. Um. And high buyout too, and just to show commitment to him, uh, as he's shown commitment to us. That that's what I would like to see. I would basically give him whatever he wants at this point. He was he turned the program around. He won us the Big Ten championship, ended the drought, and we just did it again last year, and had a thirteen win season for the first time ever. So give give Jim what he wants at this point. Like he he deserves it. I mean, I know as far as what I'm looking for on this contract, I. I want to see a 10 year, you know, $10 million deal. I want to see a hundred million dollar contract, you know, and the buyout being 115 million, you know, when you're like Jimbo Fisher first coming into a program and it's, you know, hasn't been, you know, done. It's a little different than giving Jim a hundred million, you know, guaranteed or, you know, and giving more money to staff or something and, you know, making it all fully guaranteed or something. Jim clearly has a proven track record at this point. You know, I mean, I was very critical when he was, uh, you know, not performing. But now that he is and stuff like that, and it's pretty sustainable and things are continuing to look good, and, you know, we keep looking like the top of the Big Ten and, you know, things, you know, no matter what will be all right. I mean, let's give this man, you know, King's ransom. You know, I mean, he's he's turned on Michigan football. It's what everyone wanted for, you know, my whole life, essentially. So, I mean, you know, and we got to do whatever it takes to get there. And, and I, you know, appreciate Santa Ono, you know, stepping up and, you know, being an adult in the room and, you know, getting it handled and, you know, making sure that, you know, it seems as if things are going to get handled on the staff front and the Harbaugh front. And I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see a really big contract, you know, and I really hope it is. That, that's what I really hope for in a huge buyout. So we can stop having this whole NFL conversation every year and just smoke our recruiting. I'm t- kind of tired of it. I mean, even and even if we he does get that, we're still going to hear it every year. The, the uh, NFL reporters are relentless. So <laughs> but, yeah, true. Yeah. the blue wall won't save us there. Doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work like that, buddy. Give the man what he wants, whatever he wants for his assistance. Uh the best two-year Michigan football stretch of my lifetime. Um, looks like he's going to do it again next year. So, yeah, let's keep this guy around. And uh, he's earned it. So, uh, the money, the University of Michigan has it. There's no reason not to do it. So, just do it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's – I mean, football is what everything else is propped up on. So, and you got the guy who is keeping it at a high level, so it's no brainer to me. You got to commit, and I think that I think we're going to see that. I really do. Santa Ono is uh, probably the reason that uh, this is going to get done, and that's really reassuring to have a president who is so athletics oriented, um, and he listens to he listens. He's a, he's a listener. I mean, uh, I've heard lots of stories of him asking people all over the university not just in athletics like what do you need to be successful here and he he'll he will work with you and try to get that done and that's great that's a complete change from what the university had before oh no it's a total like change of you know reversal of course of university i i'm glad that the you know the big wigs at u of m with this route with the university president presidency role after Swissle. I mean, I'm incredibly proud. I mean, I, I literally just got my diploma yesterday. 
And so I'm a part of the first batch of, you know, Ono graduates. So, I mean, it's kind of cool to have it on there, but he's like, he's awesome, man. I wish he was the president of my full time at U of M. I mean, just such an awesome president thus far, I, all the way around from just, you know, how he embraces the university culture, you know, how he, you know, is very, you know, interactive with students and everything. I, I, I think they made such a home run. I mean, I hope he's around for as long as he's possible. I'm, I'm so excited about Santa Ono here at the university. Absolutely. You guys said it perfectly. Um, so yeah, long live Santa. Uh, do we want to go into a new segment or do you guys want to call it here? I mean, you know, it's good to people what they want, you know, got you a know. couple ideas here. Yeah. This is like the, the best burger in town is kind of one week thing, obviously is the, you know, totally sanctions kind of want to get some food opinions man over food opinions out there you know settle some scores okay yeah i, d- I didn't even really catch that in the parentheses that's good um yeah let's exactly yeah town. i want to have it just for this week <laughs> yeah um i mean obviously uh the little brown jug so oh that's the, that's the top burger in town is, uh, is lbj no I, I have not had a burger there uh I, I think that's that was the offending location um yeah I'm I'm gonna throw it back to my college days. Uh, Good time Charlie's used to have this like build your own burger for three dollars, and uh, I think it was like twenty five cents for uh you know per topping. Uh, yeah, head out of there. Um, <laughs> yeah, those were the days. So, uh, whatever that was, twenty eleven. Um, we need to go back to those times. Good time Charlie's. Shout out. My life was twenty eleven. And uh, yeah, those those fish bowls are are devastating. Oh yeah, I've had the fish bowls there. <laughs> yeah, the fish bowls. I mean, I could go through two, maybe. I could maybe sit through two. But the fish bowls are great. Those are, those are those are a hell of a time. Also, you know, St. Patty's Day, Charlie's, great time. That's the time to be there. So, WD, what's 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 the top burger in town? Yeah, NCAA sanction celebration. Where are you going? Uh, Freedom Potatoes. Free. See, that's where I was going with it. You know, I I think I think it's either them or I think it's you know. Go ahead, go ahead, elaborate, you know. Just the best, man, you know. Yeah, I had a feeling, I had a feeling that's where this conversation was going, so. You can't go wrong there. I mean, I, I've never had a bad meal, never had a mediocre meal there. It's just, it's, just, <laughs> it's one of those places that you just got to hit. I mean, it's like, it's so easy, though, you know. Like, that's its one issue. That's. That's my hang with Frida's, but Frida's is like incredible. The messier, the better, in my opinion, for a burger. It's a really, I mean, I don't know why Jim wasn't paying, you know, for those Frida burgers, you know? I, I You take any high school kid there, they're going to commit. Like, true. He really skimped on the brown jug burgers. That's what I was thinking. I wasn't upset that he gave him the, the LBJ. All respect to LBJ. I, I go there, you know, <laughs> yet messed up all the time. But like, you know, I, Frida's like kids will commit to Frida's. I've seen you know recruits at little at Pretzel Bell before, and I'm like, why are we at Pretzel Bell? Pretzel no shots to Pretzel Bell. I'm just not a big fan. <laughs> I mean, so like yeah. maybe maybe we need to check out the LBJ burgers. Uh, I haven't had one. Maybe next time I'm in Ann Arbor, I'll check it out. Maybe yeah, I know Mr. Spots is a good burger too. Oh Spots yeah, Spots good. is great. Yeah, Spots is a good burger. You know. More of a Philly cheesesteak guy when I go there myself, but it's the wings. Wings are great. The wings are great. Oh, yeah. yeah, I can like taste them right now. 
Yeah, the hot is the hot's amazing, man. It leaked all my car though one day, man. I, I was bringing it home or whatever, and it was like in the box. It started leaking out of the bag in my car. It sucked. Oh god. Yeah, I was in there for like a month, man. I had to like yeah. clean it out. Oh, it's such a pain in the ass. Mr. Spots, time. your boxes are on notice. Yeah, no, the boxes, yeah, they're really bad. Yeah, they're, they're they are really bad. But like Spots food is dope. I mean, I was there this week and stuff like that. And then it is. Uh, like the, the fries. Oh yeah. Gotta stabilize those boxes though. And the merch is also cool. I, I own some Mr. Spot merch and it's fine. The the fries there too. I mean it's and anywhere that has those uh, styrofoam cups, you know they're gonna have a good meal. Oh, right. the styrofoam cups are sick. Yeah, that, that the vibe at Mr. Spots is the best to me in Ann Arbor. Like the vibe is so like, yeah, like this, like we are here, you know. This is this is Ann Arbor, yeah. It's Ann Arbor's Ann Arbor. Agree. All right, you guys want to wrap it up here? Sure. All right. Well, this was fun. Uh, episode one of Those Who Pod with. Wolverine Devotee and Pilium. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, you guys want to... Any last thoughts? Uh, I, I do know this. It has been 1,151 days since Ohio State beat Michigan. That's quite a lot of days in counting. And counting. Go Blue. Go Blue. Go Blue. Bye.